I'm Nellen Gorin, and today in the KVMR studios, we'll be talking about the Community Asian Theater of the Sierra, or CATS for short. With me are Jeannie Wood, the executive director of CATS, Kenny Nguyen, who stars in the latest production, The Great Leap, and Teresa Shea, the set designer for The Great Leap. The Great Leap is running through May 20th at the historic Nevada Theater in Nevada City. Jeannie, Kenny, and Teresa, thanks for being with us today. Glad to be here. <laughs> thanks for having us. Thank you. Before we talk about your current show, The Great Leap, uh, I'd like to tell our listeners a bit about CATS. So, Jeannie, mm -hmm. I know you're one of the founding members yes. of CATS. Mm -hmm. um, how long has it been in existence and what is oh its my God. current We've mission? Been, this is our 29th year, and we didn't start out planning it to be we didn't start out planning it to last this long period, but the community wants it. They want what we do, so we continue to do it. So I can't believe, you know, next year is our 30th year. Yeah. Are you going to do special celebrations for the 30th well, next year? Well, we haven't really talked about that yet, but probably. Yeah, we did something special for our 25th, our silver anniversary. So we'll probably do something for 30th. It's a milestone. It's a huge milestone yes. for a nonprofit and a, and a performing arts organization yes. both to reach 30 years. That, congratulations. That's, Thank that's you. a great achievement. And what is it? Could you describe the current mission of CATS? Our mission is to pr promote cultural diversity, cultural enrichment through multicultural theater events and workshops. And we serve uh, Nevada County, Sacramento County, and the region. Uh, we have a following from the Bay Area. We uh, do one show a year primarily, and sometimes we uh, sponsor other actors to bring in their traveling shows. And we have cultural events throughout the years, like book readings, uh, the annual Chinese uh, New Year Festival. Although we haven't had that for three years because of COVID, we will um, you know, have it again next year, the Year of the Dragon. So that's kind of exciting. So we have cooking classes. We go on tours. We, we just do a lot of cultural stuff as well. That's a lot. And it's an all-volunteer organization, I yeah, believe? Yes, yeah. yes, we Which are. Which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I noticed looking at your website that you have extremely long-term volunteers, the found, founding members who are still Oh, oh my God. We, you sign up, you don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sign up. We recruit you, and, you know, we're, we're, we're family. We're here for the long-term. I noticed on the CATS website there was a note from one of your board members that only 2% of Nevada County's population is Asian-American. I think Which it's one percent now. I don't know. <laughs> it's small. Somebody, In other it's words, very small. It's yes. small. Two now that I'm here. I'm <laughs> just, just going to say that. Now <laughs> Kenny has now doubled it. Um, so, <laughs> I'm wondering how receptive you feel that other ninety-eight percent has been to the work that Cats does in the I, community. They they have been very receptive. I mean, which is why we've been, you know, we're pushing thirty years. Is because, you know, in the beginning we say, okay, we'll just do one. You know, I we'll just do one, and then we're done. And then they say, and then they keep asking us, what are you going to be doing next year? Oh dear. Okay, so we go back to the drawing board. With, you know, Lisa, we get some scripts and we all start reading it, and and you know, then we decide or she decides, and then we do it, and then we say, oh, got through with that one, and then they'll ask us, what about next year? So it's kind of like the I, we feel the push from the community of wanting more of these kinds of stories because a lot of times these stories are you know not told, not taught in schools. So we feel that we fit a very um, a need to educate and entertain. And a lot of times people leave inspired and maybe dig within themselves their own heritage. And we feel that, and also with the recent uh, Asian hate, much more so that we need to educate people about who we are as a people. 
a lot of people say, hey, you know, humans are humans, experience is universal. Why all this focus on identity of any kind of our ethnic identity, our cultural or racial identity? And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that of, of why we need to or if we do focus on that and what your experience is with that. We all have a uniqueness. Every ethnic group has something very special. Growing up Chinese American, you know, my parents always referred to home as China, whereas home for me is, is America. So it's like, okay, I have to switch gears and come from their perspective. Growing up, it was really hard for me because I was caught between two worlds. You know, I wasn't Chinese enough. I'm not American enough. You can't, I speak okay, but not well. But now, now that I'm older and much older, I embrace the best of my world. I really feel that while it was a struggle growing up, it was, it's, it added so much more to who I am. And that's why whatever your ethnic background is, find it, find out what it is, really explore and look and, uh, and see what your heritage teaches you more about you, about your people. So whatever it is, it has something We to are offer. all a piece to the puzzle. Okay? <laughs> We're yeah. all an important piece. You take that piece away, it's like something's missing. Yeah. Everybody collectively, we're all a, a unique piece to the wonderful nation that we are. Yeah, I'm old enough that I grew up with the idea that America is a melting pot. Yes. But when I was older, uh, someone said, you know, we're really more of a tossed salad. Yeah. Which I thought was good. Or, or stir fry, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like we have a lot of ingredients and they all harmonize together. Mm-hmm. If we're lucky, we hope they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're distinct also. Like, oh, there's a piece of broccoli. There's a noodle. There's some, uh-huh. some chicken, whatever. <laughs> we're all distinct pieces um, of this, this recipe mm-hmm. and not all melted together into mm-hmm. one. The term Americans always being redefined like every day, right? Um, we're slowly growing to more, that term being more encompassing. I think, like you said, a stir fry has <laughs> the broccoli, the noodle, <laughs> um, the onion. And sometimes, you know, it's it's nice to give that, take a bite of, out of the, the meal and just taste the broccoli for a bit. But that's because it's important to sometimes emphasize certain differences that we have in a culture the American culture, but also to embrace it. And that leads to more appreciation of other people and understanding of everyone's background and, and different upbringings. Um, and that's, you know, because of that kind of understanding, we're going to be just, just a better society for it. Nicely said. I'm guessing you're a Vietnamese American. Right. And you're playing a Chinese American character. And I'm wondering what you feel there are similarities and differences in those cultures in here. There, there are pro- probably differences, but growing up in the Bay Area, I had a lot of collectively Asian-American friends from all different parts, namely Filipinos, Chinese-Americans, um, Vietnamese-Americans, and we all just hung out together. So we identified namely as Asian-Americans and not like separate distinct groups within the Asian culture. You know, I just am proud to represent Asian-Americans as a whole and I don't really see any distinguishing points between Chinese versus Vietnamese or Filipino. Just, I'm just proud that this show, we can represent the, the, the total group of Asian Americans. So you do one play production per yeah. year? And what made you choose The Great Leap for this year? Well, okay, Lisa Moon is our artistic director, and she reads plays, and then, and then she shares it with the rest of us, with the board, and then we think about it, and then 
we, we decide, you know, it, it's um, Lauren Yee is a native San Franciscan. And we've heard about this show, and uh, Lisa and some other people had seen it in San Francisco. And I uh, saw the, San, uh, the Sacramento production via uh, stream during the pandemic. And then we thought, you know, this is a very good storyline. So we chose it. Yeah. Do you want to say a little bit about what The Great Leap is about for those who haven't seen the it? The Great Leap is about loosely based on Lauren Yee's father, who grew up playing basketball in the courts of San Francisco Chinatown. And he was very good. And he did go to China to play in an exhibition game. So the story is based on loosely on uh, her father's uh, uh, experience playing with Chinese basketball players yeah. in, in the 1980s. Right, yes. and so she sort of takes a great leap from real experience, as good writers do, to a And it's a play fictional. on words, and there's a great <laughs> leap forward, which was a political yes. movement and all that, so. Kenny, you have the lead role, playing Manfred Lum. How do you feel that that role illuminates the Asian-American experience? I, I think um, uniquely in this play, Manfred is a basketball player who, uh, during that time period, not many Asian Americans played basketball or were even good at basketball. So at that point in, in time, Asian Americans weren't really seen as basketball players. And so for a young kid who grew up watching you know, all the greats, including Michael Jordan, um, he was inspired to play the game and became really good at it. He didn't have the same kind of resources to play in uh, like sports programs or co uh, proper coaching, but through his own kind of grit and determination, he just became um, athletic and like naturally ta talented at basketball uh, through like rec centers, pickup games, summer leagues, and so forth. Um, but based on his, I think his own kind of. Uh, determination and just kind of, uh, let's say, uh, perseverance, he was able to make his way over to China to play um, a game where he can represent Asian Americans for the very first time in that kind of uh, uh, realm, let's say. And so um, I think um, he's one of the first few Asian Americans, a pioneer, um, to go to Asia to play basketball and represent Asian Americans in basketball. Yeah, it's certainly an area that is not associated, as you said, with Asian Americans. And um, is that part of what interested you in playing the role as an actor? That was sort of very non-stereotypical to open people's eyes that the Asian American experience is much more varied and vast than we would tend to think. Certainly. Um, I think having uh, an Asian basketball player uh, represented in a play, that's maybe unheard of. Um, I mean, first kind of Asian-American player that comes to mind of most recent history would be like Jeremy Lin. And, you know, he had his Lin Sanity experience, well, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago. And that was a quick kind of stint as well. But, you know, that came quickly and that went away pretty quickly. And even today, like, you don't even think about Asian-Americans and basketball. Like, it's not uh, two related kind of terms that, that are joined together. And so today, uh, when you see a play that surrounds 
a really good uh, basketball player that's Asian American, I think that uh, piques a lot of people's interest, um, and it's different. It's different than anything you can get uh, elsewhere. Did you feel any parallels with your own experience as an Asian American of people having expectations of who you are and versus the things you actually can do or are interested in? You know, funny enough, Manford was very similar or to myself, or, or I was similar to Manford in that uh, I was a shorter point guard trying to play basketball. I believed in my abilities and capabilities, but I was kind of, you know, vertically challenged, at, I guess. I guess I'm still not that tall, but... Um, like Manfred, uh, you don't really need to be super tall to be a good basketball player. You know, your IQ, your uh, your grit and determination can really get you forward. Um, and I think Manfred's also a good leader as well, too. And like myself, um, I saw myself a little bit in Manfred when I read the, the script. And I said, well, this role kind of resonates with me, and I mm-hmm. think I can just do it pretty naturally. And, you know, when I say I, I can win you games, I can score you points, I can make you layups, uh, in real life, I believe I can do all that too. So, and and your day job is as an attorney, I believe. So. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, I need to exude that confidence uh, in my day job as a a lawyer as well. I mean, I do trials and I can speak in front of a uh, a jury of, of twelve people and try to convince them that I can win games or I can win the trial. I can score points, meaning I can argue compellingly. Um, I can make layups, meaning I can argue uh, zealously for my client. So, Teresa, um, you had, a, I felt, um, quite a challenge here because you have a very minimalist stage. And, of course, mm-hmm. here at the Nevada Theater is a, is a fairly simple, small stage. And you had to recreate a lot. You had to recreate San Francisco, Beijing, um, basketball courts, homes. Tiananmen Square. Tiananmen Square. <laughs> how could I forget that? <laughs> very important location. Yeah. So talk about how you came up with a visual design for the play? We, I knew that it needed some, um, just structurally, it needed some surface to do projections on. That's part of the script. It's part of the show. And um, something that harkened to a basketball court and uh, sort of the in um, kind of stark industrial, like, um, that that you kind of look that uh, minimalist look that of of people um, from the Cultural Revolution, you know, living in with uh, very little, um, and to just and really actually overemphasizing that, just sort of giving it a very stark feel to the whole thing, um, and then just but not having it be really specific to any particular place and time because we had to bounce back and forth and there's a lot of there's a lot of bounce back and forth between 1971 1989 and so there were and there's very few pieces of furniture but those had to be this is iconically a coach's desk from the 80s that we've all you know that we all saw back then um like so the, the since there's very few things those items had to be the thing and uh, it was really about what would be the most interesting surfaces to project on and then kind of working back from there. And like what, what kind of playing space would be ideal? We're working very close with the director and like what kind of playing spaces would be ideal for him to move people around in. And just uh, um, like for, for instance, you know, um, the, 
the basketball court, how to recreate a basketball court, outdoor basketball court in San Francisco, and to have just a little bit of chain link fence and working with the lighting designer to get a little bit of movement through there. So you get that beautiful nighttime look with a very minimal amount of scenery. And, uh, and then using the pictures, um, actual pictures from the different places to move people kind of, um, um, yeah, literally move people through time space, and space. Space and time. Yeah, it's amazing <laughs> because you do from 1971 to 1989 yeah. and China to America. Yeah. And um, for those who haven't seen the show, so there's many projected photographs. I think mm-hmm. they're all photographs and not any um, artist renderings. They seem to all no, like but, real yeah. photographs that you. So yeah. how did you source those? Um, just a lot of a lot of internet, a lot of pictures. Uh, people brought me some things. Um, I asked some people, okay, do you have any interiors from when you lived in San Francisco <laughs> and stuff? But a lot of things on the internet, um, just uh, just pulling from a little bit of everything and uh, sort of kludging together, like here's what the San Francisco Chronicle looked like mm-hmm. and sort of kind of echoing what it looked like, but it wasn't, you know, doing our own take uh, because these are not, you know, these thing, events didn't really happen. And then even finding things that, um, like, there was a big kerfuffle in in a game in, between Americans and Chinese players that, you know, it's kind of a similar uh, incident that was from a different, slightly different year, but, like, had that, uh, she probably pulled that f- as a, as an uh, idea or reference when she was writing the play, and so just sort of really combining all of those all of those elements, um, just a little bit of searching everywhere. Yeah. So I found those images um, very striking, and for instance, as you're mentioning the Tiananmen Square, and but many of them, all of them were very visually arresting. Did you have any concerns at times of upstaging the actors by the? The visual presentation was that a balancing act with the director and the actors, and <laughs> well, very, very much so. I was uh, at um, uh, a lot some of the rehearsals, and then like as soon as we moved into the space, and I'd been collecting images and had them to project on on the surfaces. It was very much about watching what was happening with the actors mm-hmm. and sort of the choreography of it, and mm-hmm. sometimes it was let's uh, have this really beautiful montage going on because there's going to be a long scene change. Or a, long, or a long costume change from different time periods. Um, and sometimes it was during the scene. So I had to be very, very careful with those. Um, for instance, when um, one of the characters is talking about a particular person or talking about uh, teaching people basketball and just a little moment of three little pictures go up and then out as he's speaking mm-hmm. about them, just to give you a little, like you're inside his, his, his mind a little bit. And I had to redo the timing and go, okay, oh, too much, too much. We're seeing it too much, didn't see it enough. Just to see, so people can reckon, see it long enough to recognize what it is, but not be glommed onto that picture for any longer than that moment so it takes them out of the scene. So that was tricky. I do want to say that I am so impressed with the synchronization of the acting, the lighting, the sound. I mean, it all works. I mean, wait until you see the video. It's kind of because the <laughs> actors don't see all these projections, but they're, they, oh my God, it is so powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. that set, I mean, these slides, it's, you guys are just so on it. I mean, you know, it is so perfect. It is so perfect. They are so perfect. Good we, job. 
How do you feel both as an actor and also I assume you consume entertainment? How do you feel like things are going as far as Asian American representation in theater and other media these days? Yeah, it's certainly limited. Um, namely, you know, you don't really see an Asian American uh, lead character much in, on TV or maybe even in theater. Um, and so before, actually, when I, before I became a lawyer, I actually wanted to be an actor. Um, and I was at UCLA, and it's tough. It was tough getting roles. Um, and so I kind of gave that one up, apparently, because I mean, you, you can't get hired for anything, then you're not gonna pursue that career. Um, but then I'd be, you know, I got hired as a as a lawyer. So um, <laughs> that that was so that so now you know it's kind of nice that there are the certain programs organizations that allow uh, Asian Americans to have that their moment, uh, namely Cats. Um, so I'm thankful that I'm, I'm a part of it, and it's kind of unique that Katz is here in, you know, Nevada County where there isn't much Asian American actually population at all and we're able to get some representation here. So that's that's really unique and that's something that we all should take pride in. I do want to say that um, two other cast members, uh, Sunny Alforque and Myra Lucas, they are Asians, they're Filipino Americans. So um, it's great having them work with us. Uh, Sunny was in Joyla Club last year, and so was Myra. And we also have the wonderful Bob Rossman, and everybody knows Bob. He, he's very active with Sierra Stages and other theater companies. He's very talented, and so we have a cast of four, <laughs> and they have a lot of lines. It's a powerful cast. Yes, it's, it's really, and they work well together. Yeah, and it's really fairly equally divided as far as um, you know, I, I was calling Kenny as a lead, but in in a way, everyone is pretty much a lead. It has a very strong role, which is unusual, and I appreciated that about the playwright. Everybody has a special story. Yeah. Could I mention our sure. other designers? Yes, we have please Paulette, do. Paulette Gilbert is our costumer. Um, Danny McCammon is our sound designer. Les Solomon is our lighting designer, and uh, Hank Meyer is our props designer. What do you feel like? non-Asian people, non-Asian Americans might be missing about the Asian American experience that you would like them to know? What are they missing? Well, you know, in school, they, they're taught very little about the Japanese internment, you know, and we've done plays on that. And not only that, after the plays, we hop on a bus, we go on a trip to Manzanar. We, mm. you know, we have a weekend there, we explore, it's just wonderful, we make it a weekend. And um, when we did Miss Saigon, we went to Southeast Asia, we went to, you know, Vietnam and mm. other places as well. So we try to um, uh, supplement you know, and make it a more uh, inclusive experience. And I, I just think that uh, the schools, you know, they're challenged. They only have how many hours in a day. And as life goes on, there's more history to teach, you know. So why can't, you know, kid, I mean, I'm glad that cats could take a role where, you know, we can touch on historical um, events and through theater, and that people will just take it to heart and will remember and maybe inspire them to continue to uh, look deeper. For instance, in our play, The Great Leap, um, the Cultural Revolution, you know, yeah. so we touch upon it a little bit, but maybe people will, you know, 
I'm going to study on that. I'm going to look more into that. I'm going to read up on it. I'm going to do, uh, go on the internet and what it, what was that really about, you know? So we give them a little bit and hopefully they'll just take that little bit and personalize it for themselves and make it a, a, a bigger, a bigger thing for themselves. Yes. As a designer, it mm-hmm. was actually really powerful and really, uh, really interesting to be going in and doing the research and finding bits of footage and finding these photos mm-hmm. and finding the photos of the work camps and mm-hmm. all of the things that I might have heard a glimpse of mm-hmm. here and there and to really kind of saturate myself with all of these images and relooking at Tiananmen Square. I was... I was just graduating from art school, and I knew it was happening, and we were all up in arms about it a little bit, you know, and it just sort of, uh, we, we knew that there's, you know, this was going on, and all these students were killed, and, but it just, it's kind of, it's been brushed under and forgotten, and to, for myself to, you know, to really jump in and be uh, researching this and occasionally asking, oh, you know, what does this thing say, or what would be appropriate, you know, because I am not Asian American, so is there a you know, there might be an image that wouldn't be appropriate, or there might be something on a on a banner that I I can't read, and so I'm I have to rely on my team to like you know let me know. Oh, okay, that's that's okay to use, uh, but to really um, well, partly I feel very uh, like this multural multural (laughs) cultural (laughs) diversity even in the design team and the casting Mm -hmm. and um, uh, somebody actually asked me like oh well you're not Asian American how is that you know working Uh working on a show like this how is in sort of how is that appropriate and Mm -hmm. it is appropriate because I have a team because Mm -hmm. I have a lot of input Mm -hmm. and then it gives me an opportunity to really delve into that and um, into all these historical things especially this this particular play and I just was overwhelmed by the again stepping back to 1989 you know having experienced it from a very much of afar but really looking deeply at all these images and what was going on in um, with the student uprising and you know following the um, the cultural revolution and I feel like I have a much bigger knowledge base that I could help pass on to the audience to get like as she said to get them interested in it and yeah. this this play very specifically with the uh, with the relationship uh, um, uh, Kenny's character and there's so many things I want to say but I don't want to give away <laughs> the plots of the play. <laughs> right. but just being able to like you know his you know a kid growing up in San Francisco Chinese American and stepping into China and what that's actually like and you know what in his in his it talk there's a lot that it talks about his character and how he feels about you know the situations in the play and gets a chance to see it from a different perspective to see it from from someone else who's been in China for a long time who's who had to live through the cultural revolution and the the kind of choices that we kind of take for maybe take for granted that somebody growing up in a place that you you don't have those choice you don't necessarily have those choices or you can take those choices but it might get you killed right. really quickly and so th- that is not as much of a fear 
here. No, no. <laughs> um, well, actually, and, and depending on the depending the time, on yeah, yeah the time and the situation <laughs> yeah, and the color of your skin. Yeah, yeah, with everything yeah. going on between you know the a lot of uh, you were saying a lot of you know Asian hate yes. um, actions and speech yes. and you know with and Black Lives Matter and all of the things that happened in the last three years. It was so amazing to do this play where you know these these places of fear that we've kind of been embodying for the last few years to look at, okay, over in China where that was just life, that amount of fear of doing anything out of the norm, of being seen, being noticed, and standing up. And it's really lovely to do that now, mm-hmm. to really reach audiences and talk about, you know, how that is not just 1971, 1989, but is those kind of, the kind of fear of, of movement and being an individual right now. It's still, it's still here. And there's so many layers to this show. There's just so, there have been people who have seen it multiple times and every I have seen it multiple times. You know, I go in there and I'll catch this scene, I'll catch that scene. I say, oh, that, I didn't catch that. I didn't get that the first time. Where was I, you know? Uh, so it's it's fine to see it multiple times because there are many, many layers. It's funny. I must say there is foul language. <laughs> Please don't be offended. It's just part of Coach Saul's character. And uh, and Win Chung, oh my God, he has the most eloquent monologues about life in China and what it is like growing up, you know, under the party, you know, the Communist Party and, and how he takes a stand, you know, and how Manfred takes a stand, you know, and uh, Connie, the cousin who is so supportive and advocate for Manfred. So uh, great characters, great layers, you know, history, politics, um, jokes and laughter, you know, yeah. The play has, um, I think, almost all in the character of the coach, a number of slurs, ethnic racial slurs, which I could feel when I was in the audience. The audience is like, sort of, they're played kind of comically, they're laughing, but they're also uncomfortable, like, oh, oh, we're not supposed to say that. And I'm wondering what that's like also as a performer. You know, of course, it's the script, and it's actually realistic, of course, that this person is saying these things, but how is that? Our director, Scott Gilbert, I think he did a good job at the beginning by just uh, laying it all out there. When we had our first meeting, he said, hey, like, I'm a white director. There, you know, there's there's a, a white uh, actor here. And you know, the play has some uncomfortable moments where there are certain derogatory terms. Is it okay for, you know, us to talk about this? And, you know, all the Asian uh, cast members um, we're just like, dude, it's a play. It's not a big deal. Like, let's just <laughs> let's go. Let's, yeah. let's move along. Let's right. do our jobs. Uh, and for us, like, we don't take it. Um, we take it lightly. Uh, we don't. We're not offended by it. Um, I think it's a it's a play. So no one has malicious intent behind any of those foul words or language. Uh, language. And so because of that, like. We we like Bob. We we like Scott, and you know, they're all they're all nice people. So we understand that they're coming from a good place. It was very interesting when they said, "Oh, we want you to do this show." And I read the script, and the first couple of words, you're like, yeah. "Oh my goodness!" Yeah. Um, yeah, it was um, it was kind of shocking, and that that same feeling of like, "Oh, oh wow, there's a lot of language in this show." And then reading through the entire script and the places that it goes and the journey yes. that it goes on. And the realism of those characters and where it 
where it goes and where it ends up, which I will not divulge. No, <laughs> but we should not divulge. it was it was uh, so amazing to have all those feelings and all those reactions, and it took me on a journey to th- through the play until the end of. Oh my gosh! I have to do this show. I have to work on this. <laughs> this is it was, uh, yeah. It was it was it transcended that. And it's worth underlining a point we made briefly before, which is the play is written by a Chinese American yes. playwright, Laura Nee. Uh huh. So um, she's up and coming. She and she's it's her perspective yeah. of uh, reality of race some racist things that people say, although. It's actually a benevolent character, ultimately, this coach. So it, it's realism, but... It's, it is not about that. It's, it's it just the premise. It is the thing that holds... It's the wok holding the, <laughs> the, uh, the um, stir-fry of all yes. this mix of things. Oh, that's very good. Uh, I like that. It's just the, it's just the, prem- the premise mm-hmm. of it. And uh, because everything, that, all, all the dynamic, interpersonal dynamics mm-hmm. that of our lives play out like games mm-hmm. if you look yes. at it in some ways and it, it yes it's just it's life through the lens of basketball we've been talking to Jeannie Wood the executive director of Cats the community Asian theater of the Sierra Kenny Wynn who stars in the latest Cats production The Great Leap and Teresa Shea the set designer for The Great Leap thanks to all of you for being with us today thanks all for right. having Absolutely. us thank, thank you thank you thanks to learn more about Cats go to their website catsweb.org, C-A-T-S-W-E-B.org. 